Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and our other three team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind, Knuck a Few Buck, and the 305 Culture Miami Heat podcast. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Masham. Back with me today, Dan Galinsky, Amadou So from King James Gospel. What's up, guys? Yes, sir. We're here for another podcast. Yep, just, just plugging away, man. Always a pleasure. Well, the first of the six two-and-a-half-hour mini-camp practices is finished now. There's some late optional late-night shooting. We don't know a whole lot about that as far as when, but that could be taking place now. But the mini-camp bubble is underway. We knew that Tristan, Deli, and Andre Drummond weren't going to be there. Another late scratch was Jetty Osman. Sir Dominic Pointer took his spot on that uh, kind of, I guess, as the part of the minicamp team. This doesn't seem like, and I know that it's not Jetty's fault at all that he's, he's stuck in Turkey, and I, I completely understand why he's not here, but it seems like this is something that would have really benefited Jetty to be at, and him not being here could really kind of hurt his spot moving forward with the team. Amadou, we'll start with you. What are, you, what are your kind of your reactions to Jetty not being a part of this bubble? I mean, as you said, uh, some of it is not his fault. But again, as you said also, you know, this kind of hurts him a lot because we're going to see a lot of Kevin Porter Jr. and Dylan Windler during this little bubble time. And if they play well, you know, Jetty's spot is not secure. Um, personally, I think it'll be interesting to see just how much this little bubble has an impact on the starting lineup. Um, and I'm, I'm just ready to watch. I'm just ready to see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we get any. I'm, I'm sure that we'll get some footage from this thing. I don't think that there's any of it out yet. This is being recorded on a Wednesday night. But it seems like, especially Dylan Windler, who we know is healthy and full go in this in this bubble, could really shine in the in the absence of Jetty Osmond. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, and it, just to piggyback off what you guys said, um, it, it's not Jetty's fault, clearly. And Turkey, it seems like um, there have been reports that it, it seems as though they're, they've had COVID outbreak issues. Um, there was a spike in August, I guess, um, per NPR. And um, again, that's that's not really on him. Um, you, you can understand where he's coming from there and, and or their restrictions, but... Um, it just as as Amadou alluded to, um, and you, Justin, it, it could be huge for Windler. It, but it, how much are, are we going to read into these um, practice sessions? I, I guess there's a limited uh, five on five availability per uh, an hour for per day, but um, it, it obviously can't hurt Windler and or Porter, um, especially. And, and you'd think that 
Windler could could really it's invaluable for him to get those reps. But um, it, at the beginning of next season, I don't really factor that in too too much, and and especially because Adam Silver said that next season probably he's looking at January anyway. But um, it, obviously for Windler, it's it's this sort of time is big and could probably help him get acclimated with guys like Kevin Love and, and Larry Nance, that sort of thing. Yeah, and going off what you're saying with Adam Silver, it is it does seem like it's pretty much a done deal at this point that we won't be seeing the the start of next season in December. There was some hope that maybe it could start by Christmas. The original date was like December 1st, and then it got moved to December 25th. Adam Silver saying it's not going to start until at least January right now. And the goal is still to play the full 82-game season plus playoffs, so we'll see how that ends up working out. But uh, shout-out to Sir Dominic Pointer. I'm, I'm glad that he gets to take part in that now, too, and get a little bit of run with the main team. Again, he's one of those guys that we might see on a 10-day contract with the Cavs next year. He'll be part of the preseason roster, so good for him to get a little bit extra work, I guess, as well. Looking at some of the other players that are in the bubble, we'll start with Colin Sexton, who has, based on reports, hulked up. We've heard reported comparisons, one being Donovan Mitchell, as far as his new physique. Another one would be Eric Bledsoe. They're saying stronger than Eric Bledsoe and with bigger shoulders. Now, we didn't see, I didn't see the media availability, obviously, so I didn't get a whole lot of looks at him. Uh, There was one picture of him from kind of a side angle on Twitter. He does look like he's added some muscle. I think he said in the in the media availability that he added 10 to 15 pounds. What would that mean for Jet or for I almost said Jetty for Colin Amadou to add that muscle to his game? Well, one I feel like it'll improve his defense. Um, just being able to get stronger will help him stay in front of those um, larger two guards, or you know potentially if they want to move him to that point guard position and have uh, excuse me Darius Garland come off the bench against those one guards, you know, I feel like he'll fare better there. But also his finishing abilities will get better. Um, he's able to absorb contact more. And I just want to see how this, his added strength impacts the rest of the team, considering that uh, if his finishing abilities, you know, get better, then you could see him maybe look to find more open teammates if the defense tries to collapse on him. And as stated in an interview, he said he worked on his passing a lot this year too. Just overall, I feel like Collins is just going to have an amazing season next year. And I just really, I can't wait to see what he's able to do for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, the reports from the past couple of days make it seem like he's really primed to have a breakout season after, even after, you know, a, a big leap from year one to year two. It seems like, again, if, if these reports are saying anything, that we could really see another huge leap. Dan, what are your kind of thoughts about the reports coming from Colin Sexton? Yeah, it's the key is I, I think defensively I think that's where it could really help him to to kind of be bulked up and um, just as Amadou touched on as, as a finisher at the rim and last year I mean the percentages I, I think he was like fifty eight percent at the restricted area which is generally a little bit below um, NBA average I believe is about sixty percent but uh, last year he had. More and ones. Um, it, we saw him kind of dunk over a couple of, or some guys here and there. That one over Wendell Carter, Jr. was a big one early on. Uh, it, it just, I, I think for him, it kind of allows him to, um, especially defensively, I think he really needs to get better when it comes to getting through off ball screens. I think that's 
um, really stands out game to game. I, honestly, I thought last year on ball, he really did uh, a considerably better job. I mean, the stats don't bear it out. But when he was, I mean, he was mostly defending twos, and he's got a six foot six wingspan. I mean, that's pretty solid for his size at six one. And I mean, he's currently listed at one ninety on on the NBA website. If that really bears out, he's about two hundred. That can't hurt him. And I just think for him, as Amadou touched on, it's it seems like the he's really poised for a, a big year. Uh, I, I can't say specifically what we'll see that or what that'll mean in terms of stats but um it's if he can be more capable as a finisher and kind of take a step forward which i think he can too um given that he's really shown solid feel and um how he was able to change speeds last year really helped him on ball and he's got a nice floater game already so um if he can kind of just make those extra passes and and initiate more kind of driving kicks and maybe hit some we saw him hitting some lobs going into the hiatus I I think that's really a place where he can really um take a next step next year if if that finishing does kind of keep going on an uptick so um it again seems like the sky's the limit for him um in year three I, I I expect him to firmly be that number one option yeah and you're talking about you know those you know, being able to fight through screens. I think that extra size and strength and muscle will, will really help him out there. Again, if you're being compared to Eric Bledsoe physically, and there's more to defense than just the physical part of it, but Eric Bledsoe is a great defender. And if he can get to that kind of, kind of look at Eric Bledsoe as something that he could, you know, hope to become on defense, I don't think he'll ever get to that level. But I think, again, just something like that would be a huge improvement for him. I think overall, it just, it seems like I, I'm really looking forward to seeing a little bit of him playing, you know, whether we get to see it in this bubble or, or other where it seems, you know, it, sources from camp are saying that he's already in midseason form. Uh, one source said that it's, it's fine that people don't see it in him now because they will. So I'm really excited to see Colin. I think, Again, the finishing will improve. We'll see how much the playmaking really improves. You know, I'm sure he's been watching film and, and, you know, you can drill a lot of that stuff. I don't know if he's been actually playing anywhere, but I feel like that's kind of the best way to improve that is to actually play in games or scrimmages or practices or whatever. But overall, if these reports have any backing, it seems like Colin Sexton really is in for a huge year next year. We'll move on to Darius Garland, who was described as in better shape than at the time of the shutdown. You're talking about that kind of ability to change speeds for Colin Sexton. Uh, that was one thing that was talked about in a few articles is that, you know, he was, he focused on transforming his body this offseason and that he's looking a lot more shifty. Dan, what do you expect to see from Darius Garland? How do you, how do you think he'll fare in this camp? How do you think... He'll he'll continue to evolve. Yeah, I, I think for him last year it, it would hurt him. It obviously seems like he he wasn't himself. Um, we've we've touched on those reports, uh, but next year I think again this extended off season really can help him. Um, it, he's he's clearly been working on kind of his body, and uh, next year I I think we'll see him. As as you t- 
hit on there, uh, be able to change speeds more, especially I think in the pick and roll game, he'll be able to take advantage of uh, when he gets big switched out onto him. I think last year he just hesitated too much in those instances and kind of would kick the ball out a little bit too soon. I thought um, we'll see him play with more urgency on ball. And uh, I mean, is he going to be a considerably better finisher at the rim? That I can't say, but I just think with him, we'll see him way more aggressive as a scorer um, throughout games and be able to kind of, um, last year it seemed like he was a little bit tentative in that way, especially early on in games. I think he'll get himself going a little bit earlier on um, instead of just in spurts. I think he'll be able to go get buckets himself more and not just floaters um, and step backs. I think we'll see him a lot more confident, um, be able to take his guys um, at the one. And I think another area for him, Evan Damrell had a really good article out today um, just kind of alluding to how Larry Nance Jr. and, and Kevin Love are going to, there's going to be more action around them as playmakers. And I think we'll see um, Garland with him being in better shape and hopefully having that shiftiness more. Um, I think that'll really help him off the ball as well. I think that can really open up a, a whole area of his game that we didn't see a whole lot of last year. And um, I, I think, is he's the off movement shooting we didn't see a ton of, but I think just overall we're going to see him a lot more assertive um, as a scorer, and that'll that'll pay dividends for him as a passer too. Yeah, and you just talk about you know just being healthy and, and being confident and making those explosive moves. We've heard reports this was earlier in the summer. It's not right now, although I'm assuming that they could do it now. But that he and Sexton were throwing lobs to each other, and that Darius was throwing down two-handed alley-oop dunks. So that, you know, if if you need further proof as to, you know, he has his legs underneath him, I don't know why. Uh, another pl- players and coaches have been reported throughout this camp, throughout this quarantine period, that his body just looks a lot better than it did. Amadou, what are your thoughts on the uh, Darius Garland reports? Well... I'm happy to see that, you know, he's healthy again. He was able to work out this season, improve um, on his game, and that's to just add to his confidence now that he's able to do what he wants to do. Um, but both you guys really hit it, um, you know, on the nail right there. Just talking about his finishing. As Dan said, I don't know if I can say just how well he will improve in that aspect, but I should, it would, I would, excuse me, <laughs> I would just see some growth from there. Um, again, Larry Nance and Kevin Love are expected to work more on ball as playmakers. So him moving off the ball should be great. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really excited to see this, hopefully see this Colin Sexton and Darius Garland duo once again, see what they can do now that Garland is actually was able to improve rather than, you know, having to nurse and, um, kind of re, what's the word that I'm looking for? Kind of, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Heal from that injury, his Achilles injury, but yeah. Yeah, obviously you you expect the Cavs to be optimistic about, you know, their players, but they're giving out a lot of hope and a lot of optimism for for Darius and Colin. And again, if if they're really telling the truth about all this, which they may or may not be in oh I'm they're not lying about, you know, the improvements, but if they really have evolved this much as players in the offseason, both of them together, that'll be 
that'll be really, really fun to see next season. We'll move on to another person who has been said to take some steps forward. Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, reports saying that he is slimmer, more toned f- physically, uh, that he's focused on his three-point shot over the offseason, and that his shot is looking a little bit more fluid, uh, that his form is a little bit higher. We've seen that he's expected to run off more screens, put him in positions to make plays. Multiple people on the team have labeled him as one of the best passers on the team. Uh, we've also heard from the media that, you know, they're, they're going to be experimenting with lineups, which means, you know, things like the the big lineup with Larry Nance at small forward is probably going to happen. Uh, we'll also probably see a lot of Kevin Porter Jr. at point guard. Um, the shot in particular, how, how do you think that that will translate? How, how, what kind of leap do you expect that to take, Dan? Well, last year, Porter really struggled um, as a shooter on ball, like via pull-ups. And um, we saw some glimpses of it. Um, that Miami comeback comes uh, comes to mind. Um, he had another big game against uh, the Rockets and later on um, against the Pelicans, I think it was. But um, I, I just think next year, a little bit higher release point for him, especially when he's pulled playing in those lineups at the one and next year we should probably see him at the one and two. I don't really see him at the three a whole lot, but I mean, we'll see it at times, but um, just being guarded by probably ones and twos primarily will help him in, in just in itself there. Um, because I, I think he has a six foot nine wingspan and I'm not like one of those wingspan like fans, if you will, it seems like an NBA Twitter, but um, just that, having a little bit higher release point. Um, it, it doesn't seem like he takes really, really long to get a shot off. That doesn't seem to be a huge issue with him. Um, it, in this past season, he had he shot a little under 41% on catch-and-shoot threes. So next year, I just think for him, I, it'll really translate in the pull-up game. Um, I, I think that's where we'll really see it. in the Just being able to convert more... Um, in what, because he really can generate a lot of space off the bounce already. He has a, has a nice handle, um, really athletic. We know he can finish at the rim with both hands really well. He showed that throughout last season. But, again, to me, it, the pull-up game is, is really where I think he'll, t- he'll take a leap this year. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Amadou, we see a lot of reports talking about, you know, this development and playmaking, you know, them calling him one of the best passers on the team. Uh, we'll, we'll probably see him at point guard. They're going to give him a lot of opportunities to make plays for others. How do you expect his playmaking to evolve from last season to next? Well, I think that we'll definitely, of course, see him at the one due to just in point, the uncertainties that we have in that backup point guard position. We don't know if Delhi's going to come back. We don't know if Axum's going to be that point uh, backup point guard for us. But I feel like his improvements on his playmaking 
will coincide with his improvements on his shot. If he's able to improve his shot off the dribble, his on-ball play, I feel like that'll be better um, for him to set up other teammates. Personally, um, one of the best passers on the team, I feel like, you know, Concerning who we have on the team, that's a fair statement. I don't know how much of a leap he's going to take pl- uh, playmaking-wise. Um, again, it all depends on uh, who's on the floor with him, how much he has improved this season, which we'll find out you know, whenever the season starts back up. But uh, I'm just very optimistic, personally, to see what Kevin Porter Jr. is able to do for the Cleveland Cavaliers, whether it's at the one or the two, or maybe even at the three. I know Dan has said that he won't – it's not expected that he'll play a lot, but – this experiment type of period, I think we could see it, but all in all, yeah, I'm just very optimistic. Yeah, I think, again, we know that he's more of a natural two. I expect to see him play some at the one. I expect to see him play some at the three. I think we'll see that Garland, Sexton, Porter Jr. lineup at least a little bit throughout games. I think that's a lot of offensive pounds. And it is also, that's kind of their, their big three right now as far as their young core goes, and they just want to see how those three can play together. So... Not something I expect to see a ton of, but again, definitely looking forward to what Kevin Porter Jr. brings next season. Just another guy the Cavaliers th- seem thrilled about right now. Uh, the last guy that we'll touch on is Dylan Windler. Uh, again, reports are that he is 100% healthy. Uh, this will be the first time the Cavs have really seen him play since last July in Summer League. So... Again, just getting this opportunity to practice with everybody, develop a little bit of chemistry on the court, I think is going to be really, really important. And again, circling back to Jetty not being there, I think you know he's really going to have a, a a big opportunity to shine. You know, I mean, there's there's McKinney as well there. There's there's Sir Dominic Pointer that's going to be filling on the wing, KPJ, whoever else, Larry Nance, but. Dylan Winler, I really, really, really feel like is going to have a major opportunity to shine. Uh, Amadou, at least just in this in this mini camp period, how do you think he'll perform? What do you expect the Cavs will you'll, will see out of him at least out of the gate? Will they will they see some rust? I'm sure that they, he'll have a little bit of rust, but what are your overall expectations for Dylan Winler? Um, I'm excited to see what Dylan can do. Um, his shot, of course, that's the big you know, calling card for him. But also, he's kind of sort of like a, what do you call it, like a rookie's vet. He, he's already 24, and he has yet to play an NBA game. Of course, he played all four years at Belmont. Um, really underrated aspect of his game is rebounding. So I feel like hopefully we'll be able to see that aspect come into form during these practices, if we even see these practices. Um, I'm just excited to see what he can do off off the ball alongside Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Kevin Porter Jr., who else? Uh, I'm just overall just excited, really, to be honest with you, just to see what he can do. Dan, any expectations or hopes to see from him throughout this minicamp? Yeah, I just think we'll see Windler, at least the reports will probably say that the shooting is probably very sharp, I I would imagine. It seems as though I, I can't remember the exact time, but Windler for a good while now has said he's He's fully healthy and feeling good, and I would just think I, I don't I don't know how much on ball uh, in terms of the reports we'll see uh, him kind of make his headway in that way, but I would think that the catch and shoot um, realm and and probably I would think some off movement uh, kind of flying around screens 
Um, making at least heady passes, I would think that's probably what we'll see uh, in terms of the reports for him. Um, but again, there's there's going to be some rust. You have to expect that for with what he's been through. But uh, I just think the IQ will probably stand out just with him as a heady player. And at least being around the guys, I would think as a teammate probably will help. And I'm sure we'll see that um, he'll be – the upside is, is really high as, as as a shooter in terms of spot-ups, off-movement, that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you talk about that rust. I think that that's why this is so important that we have, you know, some sort of mini-camp bubble practice situation because it's a perfect opportunity for him to knock off that rust. And you know, I am not expecting him to be blazing once the season starts either. But I think that, you know, more than probably anybody, this is a really, really important time for Windler to just get some reps in, be around the team, like I said earlier, and just show off what he can do a little bit and give the Cavs, you know, a little bit of a preview of what they can actually expect to get out of him. So that's really all we have as far as the reports coming out of the day one of the mini camp as far as guys being there and you know some of the the noticeable differences that we've seen in guys as far as you know you know just tune-ups as far as you know physically for you know, you know those three young guards or otherwise uh, another note that I want to touch on real quick is the NBA draft combine that seems like it's pretty much been finalized at this point um, it'll take place in phases both um, in Team markets and a lot of it will be done virtually going from September 28th to uh, it'll continue all the way throughout until mid early to mid-November. What do you guys think will be happening during this time? I mean, obviously, we'll see a lot of normal combine stuff, but it seems like that's a really, really long time to stretch it out. What can we kind of expect to see and what do you think that this – I don't know how I want to say this, but – I, just what do you kind of expect from that? It seems like it's not going to be in like it's not going to be like any combine we've seen in the past. Dan, we can start with you. Well, I just think for the a team like the Cavs, where where they are in their rebuild, it, it can't hurt to be able to have some sort of combine, um, albeit a lot of it virtually. It seems um, you just get a more of a sense of who the guys are. You would think kind of behind the scenes, what kind of worker they are, probably hear from the coaches. And, and you read through that with what you will, but um, it, it just can't hurt for the Cavs to be able to um, at least establish some sort of relationship, maybe um, kind of get more in touch with who they are as a person, whoever the prospects are, and just – at least the kind of in-person, in-market workouts with um, the prospects, who they are, it could potentially allow them to differentiate between like the top wings, a core of a cell. Um, perhaps Danny Abdi, I'm not totally sure from that standpoint yet. But again, it's it's not a bad thing to be able to have some sort of in-person and or interview process um, I, I, that's just what comes to mind for me there yeah, and I think you know the, the M market workouts you know pre-draft workouts are what they are you can take 
whatever you want to really from them. I think that the biggest, most important part of this is just being able to have those kind of interviews, even if they are virtual, just like you said, to kind of get to know these guys because, you know, with everything that's happened this, this summer and into the fall now, it's unclear how much, you know, background work scouts have really been able to do as far as talking to other people about these guys, just as who they are as people, you know, what their type of work ethic is. So I really think that that will be really, really valuable. Um, I'm going to do any thoughts on the combine. Yeah. Just since what you guys said, uh, you know, just establishing that relationship with these players, really, that, that was kind of all that I was going to say on this certain topic. All right. Well, we'll move on to another thing. Tyron Liu considered now a serious candidate for the Houston Rockets job. Um, we've seen Billy Donovan go to Chicago. That job is off the table. It's looking more and more likely that uh, Mike D'Antoni will be the coach in Philadelphia. That's obviously not finalized, but Amadou, we'll start with you. Do you think that Ty Liu is a good fit in Houston? Do you think that'll happen? I feel like... Fit-wise, I like Tyron Lowe in Houston um, because he has a lot of players there that maybe he can kind of relate to. They're all kind of that veteran type of style of play. They're not the young guys that we see in Philadelphia. Um, sort of kind of the same reason why the Cavs decided to fire uh, David Blatt and bring in Tyron Lue because he's a player's coach. He's played in the NBA. He can relate to the players more and ultimately help them win a championship. I don't know if it'll help them win a championship in Houston, but again, having a guy who you know, kind of knows what a player is probably going through concerning that he's played in that certain, in those certain situations. Also, I feel like that's a, that's a great hire and it's an interesting one. I feel like if he has like a, a defensive orientated kind of style of play, he has those pieces with a Robert Covington and a PJ Tucker. So he can kind of do something there. Of course, personally for me, I'm interested to see how the offense would go. Maybe they go away from that just really ISO ball style of James Harden dribbling the ball for, 15, 20 seconds and then trying to kick out or establish a pick and roll. I would like to see James Harden work more off ball, see Russell Westbrook work more off ball as a cutter, slasher. But overall, I'm really interested to see how Tyron Lewis kind of fit in that Houston Rockets team. Yeah, I'd be interested to see the pace of a non-Dantoni Houston Rockets team with James Harden on it because obviously with Daryl Morey still being there, I'm assuming that they'll rely heavily on analytics. But... um. And the pace isn't what it was, you know, before James Harden really became that kind of ball stopper type player. But Dan, at this point with Philadelphia seemingly like seeming like it'll probably go to Dan Tony, is there a better fit than Houston out there for Tyloo? Uh probably not. I'm not really huge on Tyloo to the to the Rockets, but just based on how he prefers kind of those veteran-laden teams, uh, you would think that that's the next step for him if if that's an option. Uh, that just seems like that's a would be a no-brainer for him if, if that offer is there. And as Amadou touched on, he, he, he's played in, the league, or played in the league for a long time, um, could help from a, a guard standpoint, you would think. Um, and also could uh, potentially improve that defense, I would think. Uh, we could see a little bit, I, I, eh, 
it's hard to tell exactly, but I think Lou having a being able to have a guy like um, Covington could really uh, help tie that defense together more. And it, for him, it, that just seems like the next step if if Philly is off the table. All right. Well, before we get out of here, guys, um, again, we didn't see a whole lot from the media availability. Again, there's there's nothing that we've seen other than just reports of other people saying, you know, what was talked about. We obviously know that uh, I think it was just Bickerstaff, Sexton, and Love talked during the media availability today. Um, from what you were able to read, I know uh, Damarell had a lot of quotes on Twitter from that. Is there, was there anything that really stuck out to you from what you could see from the guys talking to media availability? Either of you? Um, ahead, personally, personally, just Colin Sexton really saying that he's worked on his passing. If he can get to like that five assist mark, that's just going to be amazing for the Cavs. Besides that, not too much really stuck out to me. Just I'm, I'm really hoping and wanting to see you know, Colin Sexton improve on that passing as he did in the second half of the season, just kind of build on that, those last 20 or so games that he had for the Cavaliers. Dan, anything that stuck out to you? Um, I, I think, I don't know if it's, it's like a really, really huge deal, but I mean, because, so, I mean, you take with it what you will, but um, I, I think Colin Sexton kind of saying how um, Kevin Love being there, I think Damrell tweeted it out. Um, just Kevin Love's pre- presence is is huge for them. Um, and he also just said how it's been amazing. I mean, I guess he kind of, again, take that with a grain of salt. But um, just being able to be around the guys, um, getting that, I guess, team chemistry um, kind of fortified a little bit um, in these workouts. Just kind of shows how it's from an on and off floor standpoint. Um, given how the team hasn't been able to be together in, in this quite some time here, I think that's just kind of what stuck out. Um, just touching on how Sexton's really um, excited to get the gang back together, and um, it, to me, it also just kind of shows how the guy, I mean, regardless of what ha- what transpired last season in the team dynamic with Love, it just seems like uh, since Bickerstaff has taken the helmet at head coach, it just shows that Love, to me, seems like he's a lot more bought in. And Sexton uh, praising Love for being there kind of, kind of says that a little bit to me. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's just... Kevin loved buying in and, you know, Colin talked about, you know, how important it is to have him there. You know, Kevin said during his time, said, you know, if if this team is going to be doing something together that he wants to be there. I think that that is really, really important because there were a lot of times last year where it looked like the relationship was kind of starting to go south and that it could have gone a lot further south as far as, you know, just some of the on-court tantrums and who knows what was going on, you know, behind the scenes. But Kevin Love's kind of attitude changed no matter how no matter how he feels deep down. I think, at least on the outside, it is really, really important. And we're continuing to see that here in the camp. Again, I think, you know, the reports from Bickerstaff just talking about how, you know, we, he will be experimenting with the lineups. You know, I, we kind of knew that, you know, we would see those, those big lineups with Larry Nance at the three. But just getting some confirmation of that feels kind of nice to hear. 
Other than that, any final thoughts from either of you before we get out of here? I just want to touch on something uh, just a little bit. Andre Drummond not being in the, in the bubble, um, I know he has personal reasons, but I feel like that's a little interesting topic that could be talked about. But besides that, just nothing really. Yeah, for Andre Drummond, I'd, I I don't know exactly what to make of it. Again, I'm, I'm sure that the personal reasons are legitimate. You know, there's been reports that there's not any real, you know, tension or bad blood there between the two sides. I'm hoping that it's not going to be anything that, you know, is a serious thing. But even if it is, I mean, it's not like that team. It's not like this team is too terribly invested in Drummond. And even if things were to go sour, which it doesn't seem like they're going to, I don't think it would be the end of this team in any way. Yeah, I think there earlier this or like early this month, Drummond had LASIK. So I, I guess that that could potentially be the reason he's not there, or maybe just to avoid, I guess, contact that sort of thing. And um, also with, I mean, COVID, I, I don't know, but I, to me, that seems like that's probably what it is. I can't say it for certain, but I, I it's it, it's a little. Interesting kind of side topic, but I, I wouldn't read too, too much into it. Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. All right, well, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Amadou. It's a pleasure always to have you guys on to talk. Uh, thank you, everybody else out there, so much for listening. Um, rate and review if you enjoyed. Subscribe. Uh, go listen to other episodes. Do all that. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.